What it is, what it do, gamers. This is Kevin, a.k.a. Shonuff71, coming to you with episode 11, season one of the Gaming Vessels podcast in the digital studio. Along with me for the ride today, we have Dez, the Bay Area Terror. What's going on, my friend? What's up, y'all? Good to be here on the 11th episode. It's The time is just running by. I love it. You know, I love oh, it's it. flying by. Yeah, I hope you guys flying. are loving it, too. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And also, we have the Food Max of Gaming, Captain Delio, <laughs> Trader Joe. What's going on, my friend, a.k.a. Joe Fongul? Not much. Just uh, getting the vapor trails of the GameStop Boost weekend yeah. up in this. <laughs> yeah. you just, you, you, you're just pulling back into port huh? from, from your you're just pulling back into port from your uh, from your halls, aren't you? That was a little bit earlier today, right? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Too too bad, so sad that it, t- it took longer than. <laughs> yeah. I made some um, fine rookie mistakes, like leaving my trade cards at home. Oh, one, <laughs> and then going to another GameStop to buy a game to get a, a promotion, and lo and behold, they didn't have the new game in stock to trigger the promotion. Oh. So. Oh. Wah, 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 wah. So, my game plan was to stop at two game stops. Guess what? I stopped at four. Oh, wow. I know. You're trying to double your pleasure. Double, yeah, something like that. Double the gum. Hey, for for our listeners who may not know what you're talking about, Joe, why don't you give them the the thumbnail print of what you did? Well... Basically, GameStop right now, they run various promotions, of course. Um, uh, Right now, they're doing, at least in California, a 60% if you have a power-up rewards card because they have a promotion going on nationwide for um, credit, same as cash, but California, they can't run that promotion. So um, for other states other than California, they had flyers that came out around the 4th of July with a uh, coupon for like a 60% boost for the same time period. So, uh, But uh, GameStop once per month has a email that goes out and then basically everyone's notified that they've increased their trade values over the weekend. So. Usually it lasts from Friday to Monday, usually. This time, because of the shenanigans that happened last month, last month the the word got out and there was like a bunch of different promotions that were kind of going at the same time that made things like kind of redonkulous, ridiculous even. (laughs) But uh, this month, uh, everyone was thinking that uh, once Friday came around, once the email didn't come out, once the um, boost didn't happen, that pretty much everything was... uh, kind of dead in the dirt that GameStop kind of learned its lesson per se. So, but, uh, 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 so Saturday out came the email count came to boost the values. So there was a lot of, uh, opportunities to, you know, obviously trade any games you might own towards, you know, uh, other trade credit, other things you want to buy, but also there's opportunities too, if you're savvy enough and or in the know enough to be able to know about, you know, possibly buying games at one retailer, trading it in at GameStop, and like looking at like an overlay of possibly a hundred percent or you know seventy five percent where you're investing like twenty dollars in cash here and getting like uh, thirty six dollars in trade credit back, you know that kind of thing. So, so it just it makes good because it's like when you work and do all this wonderful stuff, then you um, have enough you know funds to fund your hobby, you know. So. 
This is serious, serious business here, everybody. Serious mm-hmm. business. Yes, you know, uh, that's the reason why I even, you know, started podcasting because, you know, the gamer husbands want to know my little, you know, inside tips. But, you know, the thing about it is, is that if you go on message boards, you know, you check things out that, you know, especially, you know, Best Buy in the past, Best Buy's now no longer like the uh, place to go for this. They used to run trade promotions like all the damn time where you're able to like buy a game, play it for a couple of weeks, trade it in and like, you know, basically get everything but like three or four dollars back <laughs> in credit from Best Buy. Best Buy kind of got their uh, fingers burnt too many times with too many hot deals. So they haven't been as uh, fruitful but uh, GameStop's kind of picking up the pace as of late a little bit. So, mm-hmm. so, and this is all just almost in the way, almost to me, I'm just, I'm done. I want to get back to playing games and not worrying about <laughs> buying this game here, trading this game there. He says know, that like, now. <laughs> <laughs> he says that now, but tune in, you know, I'm predicting the future. I'm not a psychic or anything, but tune in in a couple episodes. And he's like, oh my God, super hot trades. Ooh, trades. And I'm like, okay, sir. <laughs> telling you it's a, it's an addiction i know i know it's like the, the dopamine just like triggers in my brain like boom, 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 boom. that's right get it done i Would know you, but you know hey uh it's a great way to get uh console things like consoles for no, next to no money i know i thanks to your knowledge i have uh taken full advantage of those opportunities i uh and actually uh that is how I paid for the what is going to be our primary topic of discussion uh, for the show today. But before we do that, folks, uh, we've got to put out a, a, a mea copa. Uh, I know that last week we had mentioned that uh, the crew was going to be at California Extreme. Uh, for those who uh, heard it, uh, that's the Arcade Game Expo held in Santa Clara. Unfortunately, life gets in the way. We're all adults, and we were all had some adult things that needed our under our premier attention. So we were unable to make it to California Extreme this year. Uh, just want to put that. Uh, I'm sorry. We're sorry out there uh, for those who may have uh, wanted to uh, get together and hang out for a little bit, but. Uh, I think uh, it's fair amongst all three of us that we're going to put California Extreme on our calendars for next year uh, and hopefully be able to take full advantage of that time playing old school arcade games. Yeah. So uh, I agree. We're going to try, try and make it next year. But as I said before, life gets in the way and this is just video games. And unfortunately, we have real life issues mm-hmm. that need our undivided attention uh, at times. So uh, forgive us for that. But the primary, the primary, the initial discussion, rather, that we're going to talk about is the Nintendo... 2DS or the or the 2DS Excel rather. Um, real quick, just my experience with Nintendo, and by the way, I paid for it with uh, GameStop Space Bucks thanks to uh, Trader Joe's uh, insider information. Um, this is tech. This is the first Nintendo handheld that I've owned since the Game Boy Advance. The the Game Boy Advance was my first Nintendo handheld. Uh, I only had like a couple of games for it. I had Tony Hawk. One of the Tony Hawks uh, was on it. 
and I had a Super Dodgeball Advance. And those were the only two games that I had for it. And I walked away from it in order to get a, a PSP. And I was I was down with the PSP and, and later traded up to the Vita. I still have my Vita, of course, but uh, I figured it was time to take a look again, particularly with my 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 trade credit stash, to take a look at what was going on uh, with the uh, DS family of uh, portables. So picked it up, snagged a few games for it, and you know, I'm impressed. Uh, I really am impressed. The primary reason why I stepped away was I really didn't think there was a whole lot of content on the DS that would really appeal to me. I know, I mean, yeah, there's always the Marios, there's always the the Zeldas and whatnot, the Metroids, but I really didn't think that there was going to be a whole lot out there for me because... Uh, for all intents and purposes, the Vita, the PSP before that, the Vita were pretty much taking care of my portable needs. But after spending a few days with this unit uh, and getting, I, I purchased uh, Kirby's uh, uh, Planet Robobot. I love me some Kirby. He's my favorite Nintendo mascot. Uh, yes, I am a mid-40s man who plays Kirby games. Don't judge me. <laughs> but, <laughs> I've been playing Planet Robobot and have just been enthralled by that game. Um, also picked up um, uh, Super Dodgeball Brawlers. Uh, the um, It was a DS game. Uh, regrettably, it's not as good as Super Dodgeball Advance, uh, put out or published by the same company, which is Axis. Um I'm not really feeling this variant of dodgeball all that much. They've added some funky, uh, like you can punch and kick your opponents and they throw like grenades out on the, on the field and <laughs> okay. rocks and stones. And it's just like, none of this really goes with dodge, the dodgeball as I remember it. So yeah, right. uh, I think in the title, yeah. you're just supposed to dodge balls, not grenades, yeah. but okay. It's dodgeball brawlers. Come on, man. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I was actually envious of your pickup because you got a complete inbox and at a GameStop. Oh, my God. Yeah. It might was, as well. was... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, it was like, what, super cheap, right? A dollar and change. <laughs> yeah. And it was so, weird because it was it, it must have been uh, it, it, it must have been fate, quote unquote, because when the clerk, when I, I saw the the title in the used uh, section that GameStop has behind the glass where they keep all their uh, DS used software, um, he just happened to open up the 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 one of the one of the drawers behind the counter, and he said the first thing he pulls out was the box <laughs> for super dodgeball brawlers. And it, it apparently someone was, uh, someone had pulled that box and was going to put another game in it. Uh, I, that was, that was the, the, the reason he said, but I said, Hey, I, you know, if I can get the original box with my games, uh, I'll take it. So, but right now what I've got in there is I'm playing, uh, Mario Luigi Dream Team 
And that's another uh, an, another neat thing mm-hmm. about this system is that they have a lot of those Mario Brothers RPG games. I know they've got Paper Jam. They've got another one with uh, Bow- something where Bowser. Bowser's Inside Bowser. Stories. Yeah, Inside yeah. Stories. And I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed uh, Super Mario RPG when I played it on, I believe it was a Super Nintendo years and years and years ago. And uh, I bought Dream Team on my little nephew's recommendation. He said, Uncle Kevin, I think you're going to like it because during the last visit, I had uh, mentioned to him that I was planning on getting a DS and he recommended this game. And he's very, he knows his uncle pretty well. (laughs) And I've been uh, enjoying that. But uh Des, you picked up the unit, and Joe, you have the unit as well, correct? I have a 3DS XL, actually, so. so okay, so yeah, you didn't get didn't, a 2DS XL? No, he you didn't, didn't buy pick a up 2DX. 2D... Okay. All right, well, but Desmond, you have, uh, you had a 3DS, right? I still do. I haven't traded it in yet. Um, I got, um, I got one. Funny story. I've, I've had, um, a Nintendo console since... Who's the Game Boy? Yeah, I've had them all, actually. Uh, I played my um, Advance uh, f- for a long time. Like, I had a blue one that I that I bought off a friend of mine, a friend of ours, Terry. And I was just like, oh, my God, it was so great. And then and I had one before that. Um, but, yeah, I played the crap out of my um, out of my Advance. I just loved the, the clamshell and all that. It was just, it was great. And then... Um, like the dual connections when I would play Pokemon and stuff. So for me, and I, I, I owned a PSP. I actually owned two PSPs, but the, the main reason I owned, I owned those was because, of course, you know, Pirate Joe over there, you know, <laughs> Pirate Fungool <laughs> was able to, like, crack it, and I could put, I could, you know, put all kinds of games on, on my PSP. So I was playing like ROMs because I had I had one PSP that was like cracked you know and and I could put all kinds of shit on it and then I had another PSP that I could just run regular carts on and so so I play those interchangeably and every now and then I'll power up the the I'll power up the uh the ROM one and I'll I'll play those games every now and again but no I was always a Game Boy fan so I remember I was visiting you know Joe we were in Fresno and and we went to Sears, and he's like, oh, you know, Sears has one for, like, super cheap at, at 3DS XL. You know, you should get one, and you should get one. And I was like, uh, you know, then Joe with the with the gaming peer pressure. I swear this man is, <laughs> you know, he's like, he's like, a, hey, hey, hey. Yeah, hey, hey. it's on sale. You might as Enable well the addiction. Yep, he is an enabler, like, of the first degree. So I was like, all right. So I said, okay. So I bought it. I bought, and it was at a Sears of all places. This is hilarious. And so I was like, all right. So I bought it. And I just I just fell in love. I played I played it for a very long time. Um and then but I never used it I never used the three D. Like I just never it was never a thing where I needed to use the three D. So it was a function that that I was like paying for that I didn't really need. And I was like, eh. Um, yeah, well, the original 3DS 3D was kind of just hit and miss because uh, the new 3DS XL especially has a, like an eye uh, camera function where it locks onto your eyes and it makes the 3D just so much better than the original 3DS. So, 
Well, that's awesome. But I still didn't want to play anything in 3D, so I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> so, it was, you know, and I would I would go through, like, gaming phases, you know. And so when, when the 2DS was announced and it was at a reasonable price, I was like, well, there you go, because I, I've had my... I had my, or I've had my um, 3DS XL for a very long time, and so it's getting really slow. Like, I don't know what's going on with the processing speed. It's just really slow, and so it takes a long time for it to load up games and stuff, and I was just like, okay, maybe it's time to invest in a new one. So the 2DS coming out just was like, all right, let's do this. And, of course, you know, thanks to Joe, I had I had some extra GameStop credit as well. <laughs> so... <laughs> So I went ahead and, you know, pre-ordered a GameStop, and I, and I got one. And, and I was like, all right, you know, this is interesting. It's, so I'm going to talk about the actual, you know, handheld system itself. It's, it's, it's like night and day. And the, ris- and, this, and the reason why I'm saying it's night and day is because when I would hold my, um, my you know, Nintendo uh, 3DS XL, I don't know there was a weight to it. And I was trying to explain this to Joe um, when I first got it. I told him I got it. And I don't know, just something about it. It seems like it's super light. Like, you're, like it's too light. It's like, it was like those, um, the new, um, the new controllers, the new PS, PS4 uh, controllers that came out. Because <laughs> you're so used to those heavy ass PS3 controllers. And then you get the PS2, PS4 controllers. And they were like super light. And it took forever to get used. For me, it took forever to get used to them. It's like that with this game or with this system. I don't know what it is. I was talking, again, I was talking to Joe and um, I was talking to Kevin as well. And I was like, it does, I don't know, something about it, it, for lack of a better term, it feels sort of cheap. You know, it's like, it's like the plastic, and I'm clicking on the buttons and stuff, and I feel that if I, it doesn't feel as durable as um, as the other one, and I don't know if, if I don't know if that's because they were doing it in order to cut costs uh, for manufacturing or or what, but it just I don't know something about the it just feels like it's a little too light as I'm as I'm playing playing it, and I'm getting used to it, and I'm getting more used to it, and and it's not it's not as terrible you know as I'm definitely making it out to sound. It was just something about it. Um, I don't know. You know what just, it, I don't know. it reminds me of uh, the DualShock Three without the rumble. If yeah, you remember that? Yeah, it, it very the controller just did not feel. It did. It felt too light. Yeah. So I because after you were talking about that uh, uh, the day before uh, yesterday. Um, I was trying to. I was. It felt familiar in my hand. I said, "That's what it reminds me of." That mm-hmm. dang DualShock Three, sans the rumble, uh, yeah. uh, the rumble units. It just kind of light. Yeah, and not so, kind of. It is. Yeah, and then, but <laughs> so I'm scared to like put it in my backpack sometimes because like I live in San Francisco, so so I'm I'm, I'm constantly traveling on on public transportation, getting places, playing with this, you know, playing on my um on my on my phone or on my DS or something. And I'm always I'm just kinda like, you know, can I bang? Can I 'cause like I could I could literally drop my other, you know, three D S and it was like fine. I mean that that three D S was like a tank, it felt like. And this one, you know, it it, it feels just it feels like it really couldn't st- stand up to anything. I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm just you know worrying about about nothing or or or, or what because like the gameplay is great. It loads up super fast. It boots up super fast. Um, 
the game the the controls for my in my opinion are super responsive so i mean it's it it feels like a great you know it feels like a great system and it's no bigger than a as far as as far as length and width it's no bigger than a than an iphone 6 uh, 6s or iphone you know uh, the the the, the six big plus. I, yeah six plus like it the, mm. it's really like small and i'm like mm. damn this is a really you know good feeling compact you know handheld system so i i, I think it's just getting used to it um for the most part i, I picked up a uh, dragon quest nine curse of the king curse of the something king i don't know so I, no it would be dragon quest eight sir eight. dragon quest nine's a ds game so yeah. Dragon Quest Eight, so I picked that. I picked that one up, you know, because I I played it on the PS PS Two. Yeah, I played it on the PS Two, and I never beat it. So, and I'm I'm trying to collect. Just for me, I'm trying to get all those DS rematches of the Dragon Quest games. I'm still missing. I think it's six. I'm still missing six. I think, and I'm just like, ugh. I'm trying this one. I'm trying to get. That's like the like the hotness I'm trying to get. But anyway, um, so it looks great. I mean, the it, it looks great plays fine so i'm like all right you know i, I just feel like i gotta treat it a little more gingerly than that than i'm used to but like even the even the um even the psp you know that thing was a tank you know you drop it throw it at people club people you know it was fine <laughs> you know but now one thing that i've noticed i can't compare this to uh it's been it's been so long since I had a Game Boy Advance. I, I really I barely even remember how it felt, but I can compare it to the portable that I do have, the Vita, as far as ergonomics go. The one thing I will say about the 2DS is that I don't think my hands are going to be able to do like long mar- gaming marathons with this thing. Mm. It when I I. Even at lunch today, I was playing Kirby, and I felt my my left hand start the muscle. Some of the muscles in my left hand start to cramp up a little bit, and I'm like, I've never had that situation happen with the Vita. So I think I'm still in that. I'm still used to the uh, ergonomics of the Vita, as opposed to this to, to this unit. The Vita is a little longer. Um, I have a Gen 1 Vita, so, and the the subsequent uh, later models of it are even better ergonomically. I, I'm, I'm still looking to, <laughs> to, to get a, uh, another Vita, uh, the, a later model of Vita for that specifically because I like the way it feels. But I have to be uh, a little cognizant of the of muscle cramping. Mm-hmm in my hands when I'm playing this thing, because at least until I get used to it, until the muscle memory kind of sinks with the form factor a little bit. You you will start to feel it in your palms, especially in your, well, for me, because I'm right-handed, you'll start to feel it in in your right palm a little bit. Once once you've been playing marathon games, that's, and again, I mean, this is just because we were playing for hours and hours and hours. Uh, We would play monster hunter together on my old, on my old uh, 3DS XL, we'd be playing Monster Hunter, and my palms would start to hurt, and I'm like, whoa, because it's a gi- it's like a rectangle, you know. Whereas whereas the Vita is m- much more rounded, you know, on its edges. So it's like, yeah, I've always thought the you know the dual screen was a cool 
you know, quote unquote gimmick, but I always thought the Vita's hmm. the Vita's um shape and function was just in my opinion superior to the uh to the DS because it just it just it felt better in it felt better in your hands, you know. I don't mm. know. Mm. I'm kind of curious if you tried Kevin uh um just a regular 3DS XL with the uh, infamous Frankenstick. Uh, the accessory they brought out from Monster Hunter with the second analog stick, because it made it like <laughs> a did. little bit, bit, little bit longer actually, and it was a little bit more ergonomically uh, succinct, a bit, in my opinion. You know, I'm kind of mm-hmm. curious to check out your guys' 2DS XLs because you know, to me, a lighter 2D uh, 3DS would to, to me be like, you know, especially for a longer play. I would probably relish the fact of having a lighter system, actually. So I kind of like the uh, like the new gen Vita as well because of that reason. So mm-hmm. again, I just again this is just because I played it. I played with it for so long, and I've gotten used to feeling it like that 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 heaviness or that weight in my hand. Yeah, so having it not be there was just kind of like oh, you know, it's just, oh, it's, it, it's, it just felt at weird. At least at least it's a lot better than the original 3ds. That thing was a. Yeah, the original 3DS was, was really kind of crazy. Pretty bad. Um, but still, I, I thought if you really want to take it back, I mean, that fucking uh, weird-ass square clamshell DS Advance, now that thing was a nightmare. <laughs> I mean, I loved it. Yeah. I played the crap out of it, but that little ass because it was so it was like like it was like a little square and you're just like <laughs> oh that thing was beautiful compared i mean i have a micro too and i love the micro but after a while man with my big man hands oh my god <laughs> that's what i mean it's like ah, i can't hold this anymore but regardless like it the they're fun systems i'm i'm enjoying it it's really um got me back into um got me back into playing um on my handhelds because like as i've been playing on my um on my consoles a lot more so so seeing like having that come out just really kind of re and re like reinvigorated it's like yeah i'm gonna do this it's awesome and then with all the new with all the new ds games coming out i'm like all right let's do this mm-hmm. so let me ask you this because i know i can't be the only one and only one out in in the world who has never had a a DS uh, Nintendo portable? Um, what would be your guys's? Let's just say top four non Mario, Zelda, Metroid, Kirby oriented games that people new to the platform would want to check out, would want to look out for. I think Joe and I, well, I mean, we're going to, I hate to say it, Kev, but Joe and I are definitely going to say like Monster Hunter, you know, uh, I hey, mean, Monster hey, Hunter is just, that's great. fine. <laughs> like it's a, it's a great game. It's a great to play with friends. It's great to run around and do stuff. I've played all, all the ones that came out in America. Joe and I have played them all um, on our handhelds and we've gone on hunts together and stuff. So like Monster Hunter is like one of the, one of the top tier, like shh, really good, really good, really good. Um, uh, go ahead, Joe. Well, one thing, don't sleep on the eShop, man. There's a ton of stuff on the eShop, you know, between like all the uh, Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney games on there. Um, Pocket Card Jockey is really fun. I haven't even bought that game yet, but that's from uh, Game Freak, the same developers of uh, 
Pokemon, and it's basically a cross between uh, horse racing and uh, solitaire, if you could believe that, man. <laughs> so that game is super fun, man. That game is super fun. Um, also stuff downloaded. All the Sega 3D Classic games are pretty awesome as well. So um, I have to second uh, Professor, uh, uh, Professor Layton and those puzzle games are really fun um, because it, it like engages your mind and the story is, the story is pretty good too, but it engages your mind. And then all the Phoenix Wright games are just amazing because you could just like, they're, they're much more story driven and then uh, being able to, you know, be a detective quote unquote. It's a lot of fun. Like all that, all those games are a lot of fun. Um, so Phoenix Wright, Professor Layton, um, most of the link games, um, Zelda games are pretty good. Um, oh, Link little, Between Worlds is supposed to be the goods. Yeah, and I haven't played it yet. So, yeah. uh, Little Battlers uh, was pretty good. That was a fun game. Um, little Battlers. Yeah, it's uh, based what, on an anime. That? Based on an anime where you basically you're you're these kids, of course, and you have these little these little mechs, and you and you you battle the mechs on these you know on this terrain. It's it's always that's the weird the weirdest thing about like Japanese stuff. It's like you got these like grade schoolers running around in like covert, you know, underground secret ops, you know, bunkers and shit. And and these guys <laughs> jump out like you're not supposed to be here, kids. Oh no, we have to fight. And then like so <laughs> they throw their little battlers out. You throw your little battlers out, and then the the battlers, the little the little robots fight. Like literally, they're, they're, they're like little like little mechs, you know, th- that are like no bigger than like your hand. And they, they throw them out, and this adult throws his out, and they fight, <laughs> and then like you win, and they're like, oh, I gotta guess I gotta let you go. It's like what? <laughs> it's the silliest things, but but it's fun because yeah. you, it's a, it's a customizable uh, mech game. Um, and so you basically you have like a super cool mech, and then you 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 beat other mechs, and then you customize your mech to make it stronger, you know. And so so it's a it's a walking simulator as you're walking around doing the story, but then the battles, you know, take place in this arena, um, this arena style environment, and you're fighting against like two other mechs or a couple other mechs as you're running around, and it's a fun it's a fun little game. The anime is pretty good too. Um, I watched some of the anime after I started playing the game. So yeah, the anime is on what on Disney? It's one of the Disney channels. No, no, I don't think so. Because I, I, I watched, so. I watched, I watched it on YouTube. <laughs> Honestly, I sat down and watched. Yeah, it, it was it was airing at one of the Disney channels for a bit. Um, I don't know if it ever caught on as much as like even something like Yokai Watch or something. I don't like think that. it did. But, I don't think it did. But, I played the demo yeah. for Yokai Watch, and that's that's all right. I mean, it's all right. It's like it's like a Pokemon type game. It was all yeah, right. it's super popular in Japan. But it's like I always joke with my wife because she's a big Pokemon fan. I said, "Look, they got Pokemon here," and it's like I po- point out to a Yokai Watch figure or something, and she's all like, <laughs> "That's not a like a, Yeah, I know. <laughs> like that and Digimon and all that other crap. Anyway, um, so yeah, those are a couple of games that I would say, um. To start off on, uh, the Phoenix Wright games themselves are really interesting. I, I like the story about it, and and it really tests your logic, your sense of logic. That and the and the and the Professor Layton, you know, if you just like to, you know, play a couple of games, and then the and then the Dragon Quest, all the Dragon Quest games, the remasters have been just outstanding. Have been outstanding, all of them have been. Yeah, just including what great. seven seven is like the biggest game in the series, which. 
you know, if you look at the, all the script, uh, like 32 big binders, that's how big this game is. It's like 150 hours on it. So, I mean, there's uh, definitely enough meat there to keep you. I mean, value on the dollar is like in, in, insurmountable as far as. Yeah, hundreds you know, of pen, hours. Pennies on the dollar. So I know that's not going to be your joint, Kevin, though, because it's turn based. So. But you know you might want to give it a shot. You know I, I am your pusher. I will I will let you try, <laughs> just in case if you want to. But uh, there's a, tons of other stuff. Just take a look at the store, Kevin. I would recommend. Uh, there's another River City Ransom game out in the store called Knights of Justice that came out in June. That is a Kunio Kun game based in an RPG universe. So imagine if you're doing a River City Ransom, but fighting dragons and and slimes and uh, so on and so forth it's like 15 bucks on the store it's like crazy so Sounds it's like silly. I, i'm gonna have to check that out too yeah what's it called uh, it's called river city knights of justice no lord so. <laughs> that sounds like a japanese game because you know the uh one of the reasons why i was kind of interested in getting a hold of a of a ds what is the kunio kun games um i have a tokyo rumble uh, should be getting that sometime this week um, that I've ordered. So I'm definitely going to be on the lookout for those titles, especially. And of course, uh, well, Dodgeball is a Kunio Kun style uh, game as well. But um, you know, I'm I'm digging it. I, I'm really I really am digging it. I really I think the two consoles, although they're both portable, they kind of uh, at least for me, they're going to serve two different purposes, and I, I like that. You know, I'm I'm old school, so every every console I I have has to have a purpose. I've been that way since I got into gaming. So on Nintendo, I get the obvious stuff: the Kirby's, the Mario's, uh, the the Metroids and Zeldas, and I get my Kunio Kun stuff. And on Vita, I get my, you know, beat 'em ups, over the top beat 'em ups like uppers and, you know, some action RPGs that I can download from the store. Uh, you know, odd odd duck games like Despair Girls, you know, that type of thing from the uh uh Rampa universe. So, uh I can there's not a, there's not going to be a whole lot of overlap and I I appreciate that. So, uh, my limited time with the portable, with portables, period. Um, I have two. Each one is going to fill a fill a particular uh, need game wise. So I do appreciate that. So I'm glad I got this thing. You know, I'm glad I, I caved into the I caved to the pressure. Buy it, so are we. Buy it, buy it. You gotta own it. Buy it, so are we. Huh? You must own it. So with that, we're going to uh, close out our, our DS discussion, and we're going to move into the haps, the pop, the the things that have been popping and going in, in the gaming industry with our news section. So, Trader Joe, why don't you kick us off with them news nuggets, bro? Okay, well, first off, let's start out with a couple of Nintendo 3DS nuggets in the news section, which uh, one, which is I'm going to talk about a little bit, uh, kind of got me a little bit, uh, a little bit, uh, I wouldn't say upset, but at the same time, I just like, I don't understand Nintendo sometimes. So 
Uh, Metroid Samus Returns, which is the remake of Metroid 2 coming out for a Nintendo 3DS out on September 15th. Um, the Amiibo functionality for the uh, figures coming out was announced for the game. And unfortunately, one of the things that uh, people are getting a little bit irritated about is that the new Metroid, because uh, it comes in a two-pack, it has a Samus in the similar pose to the Metroid 2 cover art and also a squishy Metroid figure amiibo which both look cool and you know i was thinking about pre-ordering one but guess what i guess these unlock things in the game that you cannot unlock otherwise and the big kicker with the um samus um amiibo in this case unlocks a um harder difficulty mode that is only available if you have the amiibo so um a lot of nintendo fans are a little bit disappointed that uh, the content is gated behind having to purchase an amiibo and and not only that having to purchase an amiibo that is sold out pretty much every retailer right now uh, on the top of it now granted i mean i'm looking forward to playing this game but if i'm really looking to dig into the uh fusion difficulty mode um i have to go out and buy a two set amiibo um metroid amiibos for 25 dollars unlock this difficulty mode if i wanted it so i mean to me i'm uh, just a little bit and i wouldn't say dismayed but just i'm just more just disappointed on it you know the, the amiibos look cool i was thinking about buying them day of i didn't pre-order them unfortunately they're sold out everywhere now and so i'm gonna have to do a little digging on here but i don't know if i want to spend 25 bucks on amiibo that's the reason why i didn't pre-order to begin with so um so what's your guys' opinions on this i i know i don't know if uh, metroid um is on your radar or not it should be because it looks pretty awesome it definitely is on my radar but i'm not going to spend 25 dollars on amiibo to unlock a hard difficulty sorry yeah it's something i'm not going to do like i think i think uh, amiibos in 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 themselves are cool because they're little statues. I think that's cool, but but the amiibos should only add something you know cool to the game, not you know not give you something like like something like that. You know, like if if you were to like get to buy an amiibo and you get like two extra skins, or you buy an amiibo and you get like a like a new piece of music or something that's not integral to the game or, or changes the game in any way, then, then great, fine. It, it's an accessory that you can have to make your experience cooler. But if you actually have to get something in order to get, you know, a hard difficulty or, or an extra level or shit like that. No, that's, I don't like that. That's not, that's, yeah. not, that's not cool. You know? Yeah. The other things that the amiibo unlocks is uh, one ability is a Metroid marker, which tells you the location of the nearest Metroid and also a uh, special ability recovery called an Elon reserve tank, like an extra energy tank that you could like kind of call upon on there. So, and also That's the, the only way to get those two items. Yep. Oh man. Yep. You got it, man. Yeah. So, and then the two prior um, Samus Amiibos that were released for super smash brothers, they also unlock a few things, including a energy reserve tank, which gives you additional energy recovery and also a missile reserve tank that gives you the ability to carry more missiles. So imagine that <laughs> I don't own a, Sa- a Samus Amiibo yet. I don't have the two prior ones, obviously for me to be able to go and do that. Um, I'm so, going to have to probably have to do some sort of third party functionality. I have a question. Like. So yeah. this is, so the Amiibos 
that were for a, a different game affected this game? Correct, yeah. See, that's annoying. Well, that, that, that is annoying to me, you know? Yeah. It's like like some extra, I don't know, it's just really... Hey, just make, make it just, a, yeah, make them, unlockable in the game. Make yeah, it unlockable, make unlockable in the, the game, game itself. Or something. That's just yeah. it's, it's, it's silly. It's silly to do that, you know? Uh, oh. Let me ask you guys this question because I've been hearing this uh, this point of view being bantered about on other podcasts and uh, other individuals online and the social media. Between stuff like this, the the what I would call the intentional shortage of the uh, NES Mini, the shenanigans going on with the SNES Mini and just trying to be able to find a switch um, at your retailer of choice with that's not bundled with a bunch of things that are that you don't need. Now, I granted that a lot of that is out of Nintendo's hands. That is uh, GameStop doing their shenanigans. Do you think Nintendo is uh, anti-consumer in a lot of the when you look at their practices of, as a whole? over the past, say, seven to ten years, uh, when you add all these incidents up with regards to their products, do you think they just have a, you know, screw screw you guys, we're just going to do things the way we've been doing them and you're going to buy it anyway? Uh, how, what's your perspectives on that? I think it's a little bit of, like, uh, scarcity, you know, breeds... Um, Scarcity breeds like that that feeling of gotta have it. If I can't get it when I want it, it must be it must be worth something. It must be you know it it, it adds to that that fever that you know I I gotta get it. You know if if I can't buy it at my local store, it's gotta be good. And that's not necessarily the case. You know it just means that they're under they're underprinting it. You know, they're not flooding the market with it. You know, if they wanted if they wanted everyone to have a switch, they could do it. No questions mm -hmm. asked. No no questions asked that they could do it, you know, but but they they wanna keep they wanna keep it um fresh they want to keep it like uh sort of uh, sort of like an exclusive kind of thing you know because everyone who says i was able to get one that's bragging rights like i got an nintendo switch yeah you know and like and this other person didn't you know that's that's what that's what they're breeding you know that's that's what's happening you know do you and, do you and, think that's anti-consumer uh, well i mean it's it just depends you know on on if you have one or not i guess um <laughs> I, I they're in the business to make money you know and and by and and by creating scarcities they are printing that people are giving them money you know because they sell out so quick like literally they sell out so quick now and it's like you know they don't need to do that they really don't need to do that um and with the other video games um and that aspect of it i think they're they're trying to you know they're trying to create a value but the value in my opinion is just it's just not it's just not worth it you know and it's like you know i don't think that there's so much i don't think it's so much that they're that they're anti-consumers or just like you know they're trying to f do that fine line of 
of I will, you know, um, after we after we try to get this out, you know, it's going to be um, it's going to be more of a of a um, I'm trying to use my words right because it's because I don't want to um, say the wrong thing. But but again, it, it's that forced scarcity, you know, that they're doing, especially with this switch. I don't think so much that it's that it's anti-consumer. It's just it's just they're trying they're trying very hard to stay um Relevant, to stay relevant, maybe? yeah, to stay relevant. Because think about it, like they they launched a system with hardly any games, and by make and if think about it, if everyone in their in their in their mother could have, could have bought a Nintendo Switch when it first came out, and they had no games to it, people would have been returning them, <laughs> or turning or, or 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 selling them on the secondary market, or or, or sending them back to um, or selling them back to um, to GameStop and flipping them and stuff like that. No, they, they got to make sure that this thing is is relevant up until Christmas, you know. And and uh, I bet you anything, when, when Christmas hits, we're gonna see a ton of them everywhere. Yeah, I'm almost assuming that. You know, I think, you know, with the Wii U, especially at times, you know, you saw where Wii U's just kind of sat on the shelf for a bit, and I think, and they just, you know, I think in the perfect world they would probably want more on the shelves because they would be able to. Uh, um, you know, sell more if need be, and then people won't be forced to buy these, uh, you know, piecemeal bundles with a bunch of garbage and crap. You know, I want to be able to see, you know, go to Costco and see a pallet of switches just on the uh, um, Costco floor where everyone can go buy one if they want to. You know, it's available on all the other systems uh, for both Xbox One and PS4. So I kind of, in a way, I hope that Nintendo isn't. Uh, limiting the manufacturing or and or the distribution i would hate to see like them just sitting in a warehouse and them like you know bleeding out a few at a time <laughs> just That's for the sake of, of and no, i'm thinking i don't know that depends on taking a look and analyzing to see as far as what manufacturing dates on the current systems they're out in the wild now whether they were only able to manufacture so many before you know obviously distributing them because you know one thing about the consoles nowadays they weren't able to stagger the release like other um consoles in the past like you know usually you'd have a console come out in japan first and then come out in north america like six months later or have it you know have a staggering where they could you know obviously get what they need to get out in japan and then be able to bring out the consoles at a later point in the u.s and europe on that also to translate the games into uh, english and other languages as well so but they're kind of doing everything on the fly i mean this system released you know in the United States on or before the um, Japanese date. So it's like, you know, pretty much all the games so far have been day and date between both uh, regions on and pretty much all regions. So, I mean, they're working on a kind of a, a new strategy in comparison to years past where they might not have been able to like, you know, stack the deck <laughs> as much with their console manufacturing. So, so it's, it's just a lot of little things I'm thinking. I'm pretty sure that Nintendo wants more systems out in the channel on there i don't think they want people frustrated like they were with the nes classic you know i'm hoping the snes classic even though it's not available for pre-order anywhere <laughs> whether i'm just not gonna have to like you know wait at GameStop for six hours and fight all these scalpers and bums and whoever mm -hmm. else might be waiting in line thinking that they're gonna get a payday on ebay Which with they reselling will. the system well they will but hopefully if they you know, go to GameStop and they have 100 or 200 systems available, you know, whether, you know, then they 
obviously try to limit to one per person that you know everyone will get what they need to get oh that the system okay th- that i hate to cut you off but that goes against capitalism in in, in its very nature and very form okay no that's not going to happen the scalpers yeah. are going to be there they're going to buy them they're going to flip them on ebay uh, GameStop's only going to get like 20 and, and they're going to have to buy that's just how it is that that is just I know. how it is. Like I, I know, I, I, I will. I, I know. Want it to I, be a perfect world, but that's not how it's going to happen. That's with my, you know, shooting rainbows and out of a unicorn's ass or something. <laughs> it's, just, it's just that that's how it is, though, because this this that is a specialty product. You know, Nintendo will make a little bit of money off of it, but that's or probably a lot of money off of it. But that's it. That that is not their their stock in trade. You know, yeah, they, know. They, they are scratching a they are scratching a specific itch with that. A nostalgia itch with that and once yeah, it's done it's done i know how it's going to be handled i mean i remember fighting for you know years past fighting trying to find like the pikachu 3ds for my wife or something and driving to three different targets and like finding the one with the last one right at opening and and people would be running to electronics uh, we'd be running to electronics with them and it's like you know trying to <laughs> trying to fight to get that get that nugget get that uh, yeah. you know character emblazoned on a system like it actually means something, Meant something. <laughs> yeah, so. that reminds me so much i used to collect hot wheels and i used to be out there at target and toys r us and you know right when they open and you would be seeing you know 55 60 plus year old men like acting like carl lewis right when the freaking doors open practically running over any staff that just happened to be caught in the way (laughs) on their way to the toy section to practically fight over these 99 a dollar four uh uh cars because okay well i everyone was looking for the treasure hunt so we did you get the treasure hunt no i couldn't find it because so and so got them all he beat me to the to to the bin and i mean the scalpers and 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 this it was just an aside the scalpers is why i stopped collecting hot wheels because i just didn't want to fight with these old ass men anymore yeah you know telling you to get out of their store as if they they own the deed to the property i own target get out of my store they, they lifted their leg and urinated on the door they marked it <laughs> yeah. my store yeah this is my store you can't go here i was told a couple times well you can't go to the store in selma because that's so-and-so store you can't go to the target over there on shaw because that's so-and-so it's like I do not acknowledge any of these people. Their name is not on anything. This is a business. And if I go in there and I find what I'm looking for, I'm going to find out. I don't care who, quote unquote, store it is. But it, it just got to a point where I just said, you know what? You know, like for me, for this SNES classic, I'm going to be there if I possibly, if it's all humanly possible, be there early in front of GameStop and try and get one. But other than on, on release day, but other than that, I'm not going to go uh, go over and aboard uh, trying to get a hold of it because you shouldn't have to. And I don't know if I'm I don't think I'm ready to call Nintendo's practices anti-consumer, but they're annoying as hell. I, I will say. Mm. Well, they're definitely not pro pro consumer. That's for sure. So. It is not. It is not. It is not. So. You throw throw a damn pre pre order up for it for God's sake, or do something. You know. So. Yes. They already did, <laughs> and it was taken down. 
Oh, I know. They canceled all the pre-orders at Walmart, so. Oh, Lord. All right. And have some other 3DS news as well to kind of talk about and kind of other stories. So, and no surprise as far as this next announcement, but uh, I'm sat, I'm pretty much satiated by it because a lot of people question every time a new uh, game in the series comes out in Japan, whether it's actually going to make its way to the U.S. or not, because there's been some games that have not made it over. And so we're talking about uh, Dragon Quest Eleven: Echoes of an Elusive Age is going to be an, uh, released in the U.S. and Europe on there. They're working right now to localize it in five different languages. Right now, they have not announced what platforms that they're going to release it for, but currently mobile. in Japan. <laughs> could, could go mobile, but I right now in that. Japan, so it's out for PlayStation 4 and Nintendo 3DS. So um, There's also a Switch version in development, too, as well. So um, no, nothing about a mobile version. So if a mobile version hasn't come out in Japan, I don't think a mobile version will be coming out here either. They're, this is strictly a console product on there so but they said that they're gonna um have it out in 2018 they have announced haven't announced when in 2018 but they said that dragon quest 11 has a lot of text but they're working hard to deliver the game to the fans on there so at least we know it's being worked on and released the last mainline dragon quest game to come out in the u.s besides all the numerous remakes that have been released for the uh for the um uh, 2DS, not 2DS, the DS and the 3DS, excuse me, on that has been Dragon Quest IX on there. Uh, 10 is an MMO, and 10 is just barely getting released for the PlayStation 4 on the Nintendo Switch. And so I'm kind of hoping, you know, granted, this is an MMO that's been in service for at least four years, maybe close to five, so I'm not sure of its... Uh, probability of being um localized now given the fact that they would probably need to localize in five different languages to bring it over how much of a, a viability for that uh, for dragon quest 10 but you never know we'll see though but uh, pretty excited about the announcement desmond i know kevin i know you're kind of you've never really played the series besides dragon quest heroes right yeah heroes is my only experience with the Dragon Quest universe, but you know, I, I keep hearing good things about the the series from a story perspective. So I, I think at some point I'm going to, you know, play a Dragon Quest proper game, at least try it. You know, I, I might be surprised. Yeah, I think he would you know, be. It, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Even though it's turn based, it's still. I mean, it's. <laughs> I like turn-based combat though, so I, I can't really say. But you know, you know, I know you look past turn-based combat playing Persona Five, and you love Persona Five, so maybe uh, that would be a nugget that would be able to get you to play possibly. And the one thing too, I've been kind of checking out online and checking NeoGaf and a few other places is that uh, this game looks absolutely gorgeous on the PlayStation Four. In fact, uh, it is running in full 4K uh, resolution on it and to see that kind of art style running in that resolution on the PlayStation 4 Pro. Uh definitely I am can't wait for this game to come out. So uh I'll, that'll probably be the one I, I check out then. Uh, Especially because I think you'll have a 4K TV by the time it comes out. So that is the plan. <laughs> that yeah. is the plan. Uh, All right. 
And another 3DS story that kind of got thrown out there earlier today, uh, Monster Hunter Stories finally got a release date. Uh, this is the game that kind of everyone wondering what happened in E3. Wasn't mentioned in the Treehouse Live at all, um, even though it's being published by Nintendo. Uh, kind of wondering what was up with it, why it wasn't featured. Uh, not sure if maybe it had to do with some kind of backdoor heat between uh, Nintendo and Capcom because then Capcom bringing the uh, Monster Hunter series next you know, rendition of the series on the main mainline consoles, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. That uh, not sure if maybe Monster Hunter, um, Nintendo might have gotten like a little bit uh, sore about all the marketing assistance that they offered Capcom throughout the years and getting the uh, uh, game to its uh, current popularity, at least in the U.S. and Europe. On there, don't know if it's hand in hand. I would like to, you know, maybe have an ear in the background about this, but. Uh, What's different about Monster Hunter Stories is that it is a um, 2D RPG. It's not 2D, 3D RPG, but it's turn-based mainly. And uh, just the whimsical nature of it, the art design of the different monsters. And, you know, and before in previous uh, versions of the Monster Hunter series, you're fighting against these monsters. But, you know, in this particular version, you play a younger protagonist that can actually ride some of the dragons in the game, which looks totally cool. So I know you're super stoked about this game, right, Desmond? Yep. I love the art style. I think it looks great. I love that it's shiny. It's it's hype. The colors are hyper like in your face it just looks really cool like i really love the art style and the art design and seeing all of those you know classic hunting outfits done in this sort of um you know um like a shonen gem type of yeah, style exactly like i'm really like i hope that they do like i really hope that they they sign with viz and actually do a a a manga for it because i've read you know fan subs of the of the other mangas that they've done for monster hunter and they've all been really good you know i've really enjoyed them and so if they were to do something of stories in that style oh i'd be so i'd be so about it and just having an actual turn-based a turn-based um monster hunter and then riding dragons and probably having the dragons doing attack moves you know um and just being able to get other like I, I just want to see what the combat's like. I want to see how they're going to translate the combat. How they're going to translate the um, the searching for uh, for loot. Like I, I want to see how they're going to change that. And I want to see what the story is about. Like I'm really excited for this game, and the fact that it's coming out in September is just amazing to me. Yeah, granted, it's coming out September eighth, so it's the same week as Destiny two. So, uh, but that's fine. <laughs> we'll have to see. They're on two different consoles and do two different things. Like, I'll, I'll yeah. definitely be able to play them both <laughs> for sure. And the demo, just in case you want to check it out, the demo is going to be out in the eShop on August the tenth. So, which I will be playing. Basically, ten days away. And one thing, Kevin, too, since you're a new 2DS XL owner, there's a ton of demos on the eShop. Especially, if you might owe yourself to grab an SD card of some um meg capacity to be able to you know check out what's available on the eShop because yeah, buy uh, one. you're right that's a good idea i need to buy i need to buy an sd card as well so thank you for reminding me as well yeah yeah because does the sd card fit on this thing because it fits right next it fits right next to the cart the, 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 cart. the cart holder so when you pull the bottom out and you put the mm -hmm. card in if you look to the left you'll see the space for the micro sd it's I I couldn't find it at first at first either, but then I was when I was examining it, 
I was like, I got it and I bought it, and then I went back to work. It was so like I was in I was I was in the office by myself. It was hilarious. I'm in the office by myself, and like I so I transferred. I had my old DS with me, so I transferred my old DS onto my new DS in the office while I was doing work. It was hilarious. <laughs> so I got to sit there and like like examine the um the the new 2DS. So I was looking at where all the pockets are, and, and the um and it's instinctively I would reach to the side to pull the stylus out. But it's at the bottom now, and it's at weird. The bottom, yeah, because yeah, it's and it's shaped, and it's actually smaller. It's smaller than the, the than the original ones. So just it's an FYI about that. I didn't realize it was going to be smaller. I thought it'd be the same size. So I was a little disappointed, but it's it's fine. Well, one thing that's really cool about the SD uh, SD card slot being in that slideable tray is that. And the new 3DS XL, you have to actually get a, a small screwdriver and take a, a plate on the back off yeah, to be able to slide the memory card in, which is a big pain in the butt. Yeah, so this is definitely a, a, a an ease, you know, a comfort. So I, I, I'm happy that it's there. Trust me. So these are micro SD cards correct. that you use for this, right? Okay. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So, and then I think there's a max, but I think there, if you go online, there's actually something to where you actually could use even a larger card than that. I believe uh, I'm, this is just off the cuff of my head as far as uh, you could get like a uh, 64 gig card and it would still work. But there's a particular max as far as a uh, particular size that you could use in the 3DS platform. So okay. definitely take a look online, see what the max is. You know, obviously the bigger the better. Some people that just like to go all digital obviously want a bigger bigger uh, memory card for that purpose. But there is quite a few games on the eShop, including since you guys have the new 2DS, you're able to get to the um, Super Nintendo Virtual Console, actually, because it only runs on the new uh, 3DS and 2DS systems. So that's another thing to keep in mind. I believe there's quite a few games up okay. uh, for the uh, Virtual Console for the Super Nintendo, including uh, games like you know Contra 3 and a few others. So I definitely think if you guys want that on the go, definitely would give that a shot. Take it out, check it out. So, thank you, Joe. Not a problem. So, and we're gonna get to our section of the news that kind of goes into all those P's and specs and whatnot. Uh, uh, news story came out this last week about Killing Floor 2, which has been out on PlayStation 4 Pro, PlayStation 4 consoles, along with PC. And so Tripwire Interactive has confirmed that the Xbox One X version of Killing Floor 2 is not going to run in native 4K on the new console. They stated that... Uh, According to what happened as far as bringing this, the game over to, onto the system, the Xbox One X was a very smooth and easy platform to develop for. It took like about four hours of programming effort total. They found that the um, game is going to run at the 800p, not the uh, 2160p uh, fixed resolution. So there's no checkerboarding on the Xbox One. They did um, experiment with uh, true 4K rendering, but they found that the frame rate drop was a bit too significant on there that they concentrated on keeping the frame rate at an optimal um, rate versus, you know, maybe bringing it down to 30 frames a second or even lower than that to get it at the true 4K resolution on there. So both the PlayStation 4 Pro and the Xbox One X versions of Killing Floor 2 both run at 1800p, but the Pro version uses checkerboarding where the Xbox One X version does not on that. So... So, and uh, they stated that uh, they'll be using ultra textures on Xbox One X, which, you know, obviously would be better. The game does run at higher frame rates, too, on the Xbox 
One X versus the regular Xbox One on that. So a lot of people were kind of, you know, still in, in the feeling out um, mode as far as figuring out as far as the differences between the PlayStation 4 Pro and the Xbox One X. And, uh, you know, there's some people arguing back and forth on Twitter a little bit. Uh, Kevin, can I get your read on it a little bit? Because I know for me at least, um, I'm not going to want to like throw shade either way, you know, as far as, you know, cause getting into the system war debate, is just like, it's just like a, a fruitless battle. It's not worth it, but, uh, just interesting to see that, you know, that, uh, this company tried its best to throw that native 4k, but Xbox one X is not the, um, big ball of shot caller. Like maybe a th- everyone thinks it is so. That yeah, and you know I agree with you. the The console war, the console warriors, is is fruitless, but it is immensely entertaining <laughs> to watch. Uh, here's the thing, though. I th- I don't think Microsoft, and I don't I don't want to say blame, but these guys have been they've been hyping this thing for the the past year. They have executives coming on different podcast talking about 4k native no compromises uncompromised 4k and the truth of the matter and then we hear that they change the language well no it's dynamic 4k well now it's true 4k which includes checkerboarding and any other uh, sub 4k resolutions that are upscale and that's all well and fine and good. I, I got no problem with it. I'm buying the console day one with my GameStop bucks. But here's the deal: when you have have when you when you've got your executives out there, you know, uh, performing fellatio on a damn CPU, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> uh, you know, talking about it's the beast, the most powerful console ever created. <clears throat> You know, like the Twin Towers, you know, uh, or the the superpowers back in the golden age of wrestling, you know, Randy Savage and and Hulk Hogan, you know, just flexing their muscles all oiled up, you know, and then just just showing, giving you all this marketing hype, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, it's a powerful console, but what do we know? We know it's gimped by its CPU. It's running a Jaguar. And everyone from Digital Foundry to everybody else who's looked at this and knows tech far better than than any of us do, or 99.9% of the general public, has said that the issue with both the Pro and the the Xbox One X is the CPU. Both use that Jaguar chip, and that's where the bottlenecking is. Is the is the and One X more powerful on paper, without question. Are you going? Should you see uh, 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 better per- performing games, uh, better games, better optimized third party on the One X as opposed to the Pro on paper? I there should be that. That shouldn't be a question. the The issue is: is that worth a hundred dollars to you? Is that's the question? And when we see things like this with what's going on with Killing Floor 2, what's going on with Assassin's Creed, what's going on, what's, what will be going on with uh, Anthem, is it worth, a, is it $100 more, worth $100 more to get a, a, a couple of effects 
and a, and not even a bump in frame rate because they're all locked at 30. You know, oh. it. I don't even, know. That's a question for the individual consumer to decide. And even for you, Kevin, I mean, you're buying an Xbox One X out of the blue. I mean, that's 500 bucks out the pocket. I know. Were you deciding whether you know, a PlayStation 4 Pro is good enough for your entertainment dollar or actually spending the extra 100 bucks for those uh, extra teraflops, you know, whether that's going to mean that much to you or not? I mean, we'll have to see once uh, multi-platform games come out and are compared between the both platforms, whether it's going to be to where um, it's going to make that much of a difference. You know, someone like myself, I already own an Xbox One S, and so for me to buy an Xbox One X, I'm having to pay 500 bucks, you know, and then I'm going to have to find some way to trade in or do something with my Xbox One S. And to me, don't know if it's going to be worth the uh, extra money to be able to play in some extra peas, depending as far as the difference in between the two versions. So I'm really going to have to see a big difference in my mind because if it was my main mainline console, I'd be there day one, obviously. But Xbox mm-hmm. One S is an, an ancillary console for me. It's not my main place to go play on. Basically, Xbox One is the place I go to play my Microsoft exclusives. And even then... I could play my Microsoft exclusives on my PC if I really just wanted to hold, just say, you know, heck with it all, you know, basically. So, mm-hmm. so, and that's, and you know, and that's the crux of it. I, this is for, this system is for people that are already locked into the Microsoft ecosystem and don't want to mess with a PC, want to play on a console and have a 4K TV that can fully take advantage of it. I'm only getting it for two reasons. My my one I I don't have to pay for it. And number two, I want to play Crimson Skies in Super the Greatest mode. And number three, my little nephew's going to be playing Destiny 2 on on Xbox. That's that's really it. Are any of those three reasons uh, I mean, well, two reasons because I I'm taking the the for free aspect out of it, are any of those are any of those two reasons worth spending five hundred dollars for this console? For me, the type of games that I like to play, the type of gaming I do, where my friends are, absolutely not, absolutely not. I would just go ahead and get the One X and be able to play with my little nephew Destiny Two and just call it a day. But because I got the space bucks, it's like why not? You know, <laughs> that's basically what it boils down to. Call, and I don't want like, to sound like I'm beating up on, on, on Xbox here, but the problem with the One X is not the One X, it's the Xbox platform itself. They got to get some games. That's, I feel you. <laughs> and I, I, I actually, I mean, for the people that mainly play on Xbox, hey, that's great. I mean, if, if the games on the console speak out to you, a lot of the third-party stuff that we talk about on this show also comes out on Microsoft platforms. So I got Absolutely. Home. Yeah, um, there's a lot more niche Japanese stuff that unfortunately doesn't make it out on the platform unless it's like a more of a, a high-caliber release on it, like a Tekken 7 or I know Dynasty Warriors 9 will probably be announced for the platform even though it hasn't been announced yet. 
to come out there. But, uh, you know, the more prominent Japanese games will still find a home on Xbox. But, you know, you're yeah. talking about your Senran Kagura's of the world, you know, your Oni Chambara's, you know, your uh, Legends of Heroes, Trails in the Sky, you know, kind of thing where you're not Persona going to Five. Sit. Yep. <laughs> Neo, um, Near Autonoma, you know, just yeah. a few odds and ends. I mean, obviously... I think Microsoft made a big mistake giving up on Japanese development, at least for this generation. I know last generation, it didn't seem like they came with the uh, AAA goodness, but this generation, uh, Sony and, you know, obviously the console and the uh, third-party uh, software companies themselves, they dedicated themselves to be able to know the uh, systems to develop for now that the, um, they didn't have to go out and do their own um, system or, you know, development tier system to be able to, their software out like Unreal, you know, for and Unity that they're able to use to basically make the ends meet, that they don't have to go out and create a new engine just to, be able to bring a new, you know, triple A console game out, you know, so they're more focusing on the artistry and the actual nuts and bolts behind the game itself versus having to develop an actual graphical system like, you know, like uh, Team Ninja might have done or uh, um, Kojima Productions, you know, that kind of thing. So, but, you know, uh, a part of this also has to fall on the the, the the customers of Xbox themselves. I mean, I can't remember what the exact figures were, but when Final Fantasy 15 sales data released, it was completely lopsided regarding as to who purchased on what platform. It was almost like almost two or three to one PlayStation as opposed to Xbox. So at... I, I, you know, the people that want these titles, and maybe there's just a fewer in that Xbox pool of customers, the people that want to play Persona 5, that want to play Near Autonoma, that want to play uh, 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 any of these Japanese action or role playing games that are on the PlayStation side, have got to make it known that they're going to support these titles on that platform. You know, I, I find it completely odd that, you know, Phil Spencer talked about his trip to Japan and he came back <laughs> with these odd titles and unique titles. You come back with Dragon Ball. Word? I mean, Dragon <laughs> Ball comes out on everything. I'll give you I'll give you props with for for uh Vane, Code Vane. I'll give you props for that. But that's multi-platform too. It's so. multi-platform too, and it's by one of the you know one of the biggest Japanese multi-platform publishers, producers of content out there, Namco Bandai, and you roll out there with Dragon Ball and a Namco Bandai game. Um, okay, you couldn't come out with I don't know maybe Persona Five, hell Persona Four. You know, you see what I'm saying? It, it, it's there's got to be a, a if there is that need that exists on the Xbox platform, then the people that own the system where they they only have Xbox and they have no desire to own a PlayStation, they've got to let these publishers and Microsoft know y'all need to get us this content. Otherwise, I don't see it changing too much in the future. 
you know, but that, that, that that's that's just me. Anything on the subject, Desmond? Or are you pretty much, uh, you know, I will not be buying one. So, <laughs> gotcha. I know you're thinking about buying an Xbox One at some point, though, right? Uh, when it drops in price, yeah, I, I might I might pick that up. But an Xbox One S, though, not an X, right? No, 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 no. I ain't picking <laughs> up a. I'm not picking up a Scorpio. No, I'm not. Okay. All right. Well, next news story. I kind of took longer than what I thought, but hey, <laughs> good discussion either way. Uh, Wolfenstein 2 uh, has a season pass coming out, lo and behold. So uh, Wolfenstein 2, the new Colossus, will have three separate DLCs that they announced. It's called the Freedom Chronicles. It's a season pass that includes three DLC packs and four pieces of DLC total, uh, starring a trio of larger-than-life and varying heroes, according to Bethesda, while BJ... Blasowitz, the protagonist of the base game, is busy igniting a revolution in the States. Other freedom fighters have taken the fight to the Nazi regime on their own front. So one of the DLC packs is called The Adventures of Gunslinger Joe and follows former professional quarterback Joseph Stalin. Uh, Stallion, as he smashes his way through Nazi hordes from the ruins of Chicago to the vastness of space. Uh, The second DLC is Diaries of Agent Silent Death. It has you play an ex- uh, OSS agent and assassin Jessica Valiant, who must infiltrate Nazi bunkers in California and discover the secrets of Operation San Andreas. And then lastly, you have the amazing deeds of Captain Wilkins, which puts you in the shoes of renowned U.S. Army hero uh, Captain Gerald Wilkins, who is on a mission to Nazi-occupied Alaska to dismantle Operation Black Sun. Now, all three DLC packs will be available in the season pass, which is going to be available for a hot $24.99. Uh, Bethesda has confirmed that each DLC pack will be available for individual purchase, but declined to reveal at what price point. So, Further, it's also unclear in which order the DLC packs will release. According to Bethesda, more details including release dates, prices, and additional gameplay details will be coming quote-unquote soon. So, um, Also, they say that you'll uh, reveal that the bonus you'll receive if you decide to snag yourself a copy before release via pre-order will come in the form of episode zero. They're going to include a DLC mission that introduces you to all the above mentioned characters, but that will only be available as part of the season pass and not available for individual purchase. So, so any thoughts guys, I know this is a lot to add on a sing- mainly a single player game that has uh, single player content. Uh, so, uh, to me, this is kind of ahead of the game a little bit as far as announcing this and announcing their intentions, at least, which is, might be a good thing to get people excited for the DLC. But, you know, at least it's not like the uh, Zelda D- DLC where, you know, one of the DLC perks is, oh, unlock hard mode or something like that. <laughs> yeah. so. yes. annoying. I am all over this like a cheap suit. I, I, I'm playing... I'm playing uh, uh, Wolfenstein, you know, I, I played through the the Old Blood, the 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 prequel DLC, and I'm playing through uh, Wolfenstein, the the, uh, the the New Order, and I am enjoying the heck out of, I enjoy the heck out of both those games. This will be, a, without question, I will be getting this this DLC when I pre-order the game through Steam. Um, I'm even, I don't know if I'll be able to swing it, but I'm even thinking about jumping to 1080 land just for this game. 
I, I, you know, I'm really, really, really like Wolfenstein, this, this Wolfenstein franchise. And, and it's weird because I I like my, my story based first person shooters, but none of, none of the other ones have really grabbed me like Wolfenstein has. You know, and, and maybe it's just I like shooting Nazis in the face. That's that's probably a big, big part of it. And the fact that I get to shoot Klansmen in the face <laughs> in this one, uh, <laughs> I will not up. say. <laughs> Double pleasure. I will not say that that is a big part of my desire. Oh, sign uh, me up. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm I'm so down with this, and if I can swing a, a video card upgrade on my PC, it, it would be for for this game, and I have no problem. That my only problems is my financial limitation. I'll put it that way. Oh, and for, for people out there who haven't played New Order and Old Blood, um, Bethesda is reach, uh, releasing a compilation of both games, both on Xbox One and PS4 for I think thirty bucks retail. So. Which is a good price for both, in, in my humble opinion. So I would agree. I'm not sure if you're playing these or not, Desmond. I know I don't know if there's a third person mode or not. I know you tried your um, the new order at my house yeah, before. Yeah, I played it. I remember it's one. not bad. It's one you of the. It might... I think it's one of the better uh, one of the. I mean, it's one of the better first person shooters. I, I enjoyed. I enjoyed what I played. You know. Um, I know you're not a first-person shooter fan, though. Not per se. No. Not 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 per se, but I but I enjoyed what I what I played. I, I thought the story was pretty engaging in this, you know, Nazis winning and him running around and like the 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 sci-fi elements of it. I mean, I, I think the the setting is really strong, um, and yeah, I'm I'm thinking about possibly picking it up. All right, good deal. I'm excited for it too, but I want to get to play the new order in the old blood first, so I might not buy it on release, but we'll see. We will see. I might give in to the peer pressure. There's no multiplayer with it, unfortunately, so I might have to take up my own pace on this one. So, but, um, Also, last but not least, uh, both Xbox One's Games of Gold and PlayStation Plus for lineups for August have been announced on there on the PS4 side. Um, there is some nice hotness. Uh, Just Cause 3 is one of the games of the month. Assassin's Creed Freedom Cry, which is a standalone DLC from Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag, will be available for free on your PS4. On the PS3 side of the fence, uh, Super Motherload and Snakeball, and then on the PlayStation Vita, it's going to be the game Downwell and also Level 22. Downwell is also cross-by with PlayStation 4. Uh, Downwell is, like, excellent. Uh, uh, Japanese developed, like, you know, it's like five bucks on the Vita. You know, you kind of, you could play it in uh, uh, Tate mode where you could actually hold the Vita, you know, instead of uh, horizontal, horizontally, but the whole hold it vertically on that to play it. So, but the game is an excellent uh uh, old school Japanese. Uh, it's like you basically play this little uh, character that is basically just making his way down, and you just gotta navigate your way down on there. So, so any games you're excited, guys, as far as this lineup on PlayStation Plus this month? Uh, I'll be getting Just Cause. I heard um, it got better with a lot of the patch updates. I heard it was kind of bad when it first came out, but um, having it come out now um, as a free game. 
with my PlayStation Plus. So yeah, I'm definitely getting it. I know you've been on the fence about buying it. I know. And uh, are you excited for it too, Kevin? Or you have been a fan of Just Cause in the past? Um, I'm I'm excited for for PlayStation Plus subscribers. I have Just Cause on PC. Just Cause three on PC, so I'll be playing it there. I'll probably just throw it in my, you know, just download it and throw it in my, you know, have it in my, uh, my purchase history. Just, just, just cause, uh, <laughs> pun intended. <laughs> but uh, uh. free, <laughs> but uh, Freedom Cry was actually pretty dope. Uh, I played it. I finished it, um, and I think that would also be a neat uh, Assassin's Creed to have because. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed Black Flag, and it was basically just Black Flag with a brother, and I got no problem with that. A so, question, though. Do yeah. you have to have Black Flag in order to play that? No, no you do not. Yeah, nope. Standalone, yes. Well, standalone. Cool, then. then I definitely would be picking that up as well. Yeah, well. Definitely, I think you'd get a taste for Black Flag, at least, by playing that standalone uh, release. And then if you do like at least Freedom Cry, you might even dig into Black Flag proper because that out of the assassin's creed games i know that's one of the most noteworthy games of the series i know a lot of people consider it as high point actually so oh yeah i would be one of them i think it is the series high point black flag because you can a lot of people deal well you're not stealthy you're not going in stealth and you know yeah that was a big part of what assassin's creed started out with but it black flag just gives you the tool sets to m just make your character just a, you know a bad a and just going in and just wrecking shop and getting the mission done how you see fit and for someone like me that just wants to go in and kill everybody and <laughs> never mind the stealth i really appreciated having that option and having the tools able to play the way i wanted to so and plus the ship battles were so much fun the ship-to-ship -ship battles were so much fun. It's, it's a great, great game. Yeah, definitely if you're looking into your backlog or looking to pick up a game on the cheap, I think uh, Assassin's Creed Black Flag, if you haven't played this, probably should be up there on there. I know it probably goes for less than 20 bucks at most retailers, including, you know, the retailer we love to talk about, you know, so. <laughs> I wonder no if we'll be able to get them to sponsor our show. So <laughs> Now that would be awesome. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I want to sponsor him. Black Flag at uh, GameStop right now is twenty nine ninety nine pre owned for PS four, twenty four ninety nine for the Xbox One. So it's kind of high, but hey, they got to pay for that that uh, credit someplace. So, <laughs> so also on the Xbox One games of gold side for August, we got Slime Rancher available on the Xbox One. Uh, Trials Fusion, um, which is an excellent uh, motorcycle stunt game from Ubisoft, um, will be available for free from August 16th to September 15th. And then on the uh, Xbox 360, also compatible with Xbox One, you got, of course, the original uh, Bayonetta uh, from Platinum Games and Red Faction Armageddon will be uh, out for Xbox One. Be a backwards compatibility. I know that they just announced that game to come out uh, on the Xbox One with backwards compatible. So, good lineup there too, especially Bayonetta and Red Red Faction. Slime Rancher is actually a new game that's coming out the day of uh, when it gets released on August the first, which is tomorrow. On it, but we'll talk about more of that game in the drop. So, 
Good and, lineup on that side too. Yeah, I'm thinking so too. So no shade either way. You know, I think both console manufacturers are keeping it good for both sides of the fence, you know, and there's plenty to play on both. So and that's all the news I have this week, guys. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to transition to what we've been playing. Um, for me, it's been the usual stuff. Persona 5, I'm actually back to where I was, the point where I was when I decided to restart the game. So I'm happy I'm happy with that. Uh, uh, so I'm just picking up basically right where I left off now, finally. Uh, and I'm at... Uh, I don't even I'm to this at this point I don't even want to calculate how many hours I've put into that game right half your life oh god I'm (laughs) I'm easily over over 300 and over 300 well over 300 hours by now so but I'm still enjoying it digging it uh uppers I'm getting ready to fight the final boss in uppers I have no idea what's going on but it's (laughs) more bat crap craziness uh, Dodgeball Brawlers, who I mentioned earlier, okay game. I liked uh, uh, Ad- Dodgeball Advance better. But the neat thing, uh, one thing that I did pick up was a Steam controller with my uh, GameStop Space Bucks. And uh, the reason I got the Steam controller was I needed a me- an easy method to play older PC games like Fear. Uh, I with this last Steam sale, I picked up all the Fear games, uh, including their deal, their single player DLC, for pennies on the dollar. And in Fear is this type of series I've always liked. So, uh, and it was designed for mouse and keyboard. So, the neat thing, what I really like about the Steam controller is that you're able to download different profiles from Steam. Uh, that are created by the community or created by the game manufacturer, download them to your controller and play them that way. And I, when I booted up Fear, that's what I did. Uh, the stick controls movement forward, back, left, and right. And the right uh, haptic feedback pad uh, is your mouse aiming tool. Now, use of the haptic, of the haptic feedback pad is something that I'm just going to have to get used to. I don't think it's a fault of the controller necessarily. It, it is just me getting used to it because I was going in and getting ready to shoot somebody. You know, my thumb would move a little bit and the, my cursor would go off target and it's kind of like I'm basically playing it almost like I would be playing it with, with, uh, <laughs> with an actual mouse in a way, very horribly. But uh, I think that's going to change just by me using the Steam controller more and getting used to its functions. But I think it's a good controller. Uh, it's a little more, it's not a little more, it's, I think it's considerably more bulky than the Xbox One and the DualShock 4 controllers. Uh, but it, it's, still, it's still very comfortable in the hand. The, the, the feedback pads are smooth. Uh, I don't, it's not that I don't feel that I don't have control over what I'm doing. It's just, I just need to get used to them. So, um, it's a, I think it's a controller for those who are, uh, PC, uh, PC players want to be able to play those, uh, mouse and keyboard games. I've also heard it's very useful for playing a uh, real time strategy on PC. Uh, 
because all of those keyboard functions can be mapped to the buttons and the haptic feedback pads on the controller, uh, I think it's, it's well worth uh, giving a shot to. Uh, so I, it's just getting used to it. So for me, that's that's what I've been doing. So Des, man, what's been on your repertoire this week? Well, still trying to burn through um, Final Fantasy uh, XII. Uh, still really in that, trying to get it done. Um, I really have enjoyed that game um, immensely. So I've been playing that. And then because I bought my uh, 2DS, I started playing... Um, Final Fantasy, sorry, uh, Dragon Quest. It's eight, Dragon Quest Eight, um, again. Because again, I I played on the PS2, but never beat it. So I've been playing that one on the on my new handheld. So those are mainly the two games that I have been playing, uh, like like nonstop. So um, I'm really I'm really enjoying both of, both of them. And it's funny because like what they're, they're both from like competing, you know, franchises, and I'm just like enjoying the hell out of both of them. So they're, they're both from like <laughs> from last decade too, which is crazy. Hey, like those, they they never get old. Like in my oh, opinion, no, they, they they never get old. Like those 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 games are like timeless. Yeah, I'm in. I'm 35 hours in the Dragon Quest Eight right now. Actually, I've kind of taken a break, but I need to get back into it. In fact, the I've turned it on for like a five ten minutes, and I got bearings of where I'm at. I just know where to go when I take the time to sit down and play again. So. As far as what I've been playing, um, just a few things. I'm still playing a lot of Diablo 3 Ultimate Evil Edition, of course. I got my monk up to level 67 on there, so I'm close to level cap of 70, so I'm still uh, enjoying that content. Um, on the 3DS, I'm playing New Super Mario Brothers 2, which to me has just been just like so good. It's so good. I mean, it's got me kind of back into the 2D Marios enough so that um, after I get finished with this one, I'm going to fire up a new Super Mario Brothers on the uh, Wii U and uh, run through that as well. So so I'm really enjoying my playthrough. In fact, I've been playing not just at work, but also at home and uh, finding the time maybe on the couch or, you know, kicking it right before I go to sleep. I find kind of time for my portables. You know, it's kind of a relaxing thing to throw that up in the play. So also on the 3DS, I've been playing this uh, um Really cool puzzle platformer called Box Boy that came out back in 2015. It's from HAL Laboratories, the developers of Kirby. So um, you basically play this this monochrome box that you're able to project out a certain amount of boxes to kind of um, you know put a box on a lever to be able to jump and make a platform, be able to put a set of boxes out so you can make your own platforms to get up to a next. Um, platform to jump up onto so it's a you know really in the basic uh, part of the game right now i'm only like in the third section of puzzles but uh, it plays so good and having a lot of fun just uh, playing around with that uh, you know it's it's just like a i wouldn't say compared to a mobile game or anything like that but to me it's, it's not a triple a game but necessarily it still uh, has a place in my gaming diet you know so and then last but not least, I did check out the one of the games we talked about in the drop last week, Sundered, uh, by Thunder Lotus Games on there, and then got a chance because I did pre-order it. Actually took the time to actually play one of my new games. Surprise, surprise, surprise. That's good. <laughs> I know. And what I played so far, the art style is freaking gorgeous. Having more 
playtime than what I played at the PlayStation Experience uh, last year was just good. And just to see the beginning of the game, I didn't realize that the game had some roguelike aspects to it. So um, basically it plays like a Metroidvania, but uh, you're able to gather certain abilities at the beginning of the game. And then basically I'm making my way down and trying to fight my way through the labyrinths of the game. And there's some gated areas, of course, but I'm getting used to the combat. And every time you die, you actually go back to the beginning part where the game started and you're able to get a, a big, like a hexagonal map. It kind of reminds me of the um, system in Final Fantasy X where you're able to go and, and go on a path and to be able to select using the points that you pick up in the by, by um, fighting the enemies in the field to be able to go in and increase your powers in certain areas. So it kind of reminds me of even uh, Rogue Legacy, if you guys ever played that. I have. On there. So And Rogue Legacy is fun for sure but uh not sure if the game's procedurally generated I it mean, is it i did see a, a splash screen indicating well, thank is. you for letting me know but yeah. yes and that uh i'll have to see because next time i play the game i'll see if uh, i'm not used to where things are and if it generates a new map for me so and so you know when i first started to play the game it took about maybe a good two minutes to load the map so that's all i was thinking it was doing what it's procedurally generating the map for me. So still enjoying it. Um, Did notice some like, you know, loading on in the world where it like kind of hiccuped for a couple seconds uh, during the game. But uh, otherwise the game's gorgeous. The music's great. Um, Pretty much liking what I played so far. I think the difficulty is for a roguelike. It's not too, too hard, but it's right in that wheelhouse where, you know, you kind of, learning tactics a little bit more to be able to fight your enemies effectively. There's one particular move that kind of you do a dart like move where you're able to go into the background. If you have any, any enemies charging you, you actually are able to dart out of the way and and move yourself out to the left or the right. And so it kind of plays into the effect, especially if you're getting um, slammed from both sides that you're able to kind of dart your way out and not just fight your way out. So, on it so but uh, i definitely think it's worth the 20 buck asking price i know i know this is on your uh short list to buy i know right kevin oh yeah i will be getting the game uh probably this friday without question yeah without question it's unbelievably i mean it's it's a good it's a really good game i can't wait to get back to it so but uh other than that i meant to play the lawbreakers beta this weekend there's so many free opportunities to play different games this weekend it was like ridiculous i think there was a titanfall free weekend um there was also doom and diablo 3 free weekend on xbox one so uh, there's a lot of stuff out there so like you know these companies out there are wanting to get these longer legs for some of these games to still you know get them uh keep people's eyeballs attached to them i mean so it's, it's it's a crowded space on there. I think we're uh, finding the fruits of that for sure. So, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. That's pretty much all I've been playing. So, Well, all right then. So we're going to move into what you can expect to be playing if you're in the market to purchase some gaming content. So, Dez, why don't you let us know what's popping with the drop? Sure. So new games that are coming out this week, uh, starting off with Shadow Tactics, Blade of the Shogun. It's finally getting a release uh, on the console, uh, both retail and digitally, on July 28th. That is both in U.S. and Europe. 
and uh, it'll be August 1st in uh, North America. So we'll be that game came out in December 6th of t- uh, 2016 to the PC, and I got to see a couple of reviews about it. It got over- overwhelmingly positive uh, reviews on Steam. And just looking at the game, the game does look great. And it has a you know 97% user rating. Uh, game gave the game uh, a positively positivity rate. So um, it's sort of like um, Tenshu. If you guys ever remember Tenshu, yep. um, so there's like you, you play as like five completely different like ninja characters who have each individual ways of how they dispatch their um, their you know the sentries and whatnot in order to get in to complete their their mission. And it looks really cool. Like there's like a geisha or um or a dancer and she kind of like uses her feminine wiles to kill people there's like a traditional ninja you know all all different types of all different types of of characters um it looks pretty good too like i again i got to see a review about it while it was on pc and um it's interesting it's like you need it's it's a tactics based game so you have to kind of like you get the overview of the of the map and you have to kind of move in without being seen and there's sight lines and everything so, like, if you like stealth-based games, it seems like this would be right up your alley. It's uh, retailing for thirty nine ninety nine, and uh, they got trailers and everything uh, up there. So you should definitely check and pick this. You check this game out if you want to, you know, a stealthy type game, a la Tenchu. I mean, have either of you guys heard of this game? Is it looking good to either of you? It looks good to me. So I might have to pick it up. I'm. I enjoyed Tenchu. Um, I had a lot of fun with that, with that series. It, it all depends on how strict they are with the stealth though. Um, in the gameplay gameplay I've seen, it seems like it pretty much is like, you can't, you you really can't run in because they'll, they're, they're very aware when they get aware of you, they, they try to, um, alert the guards and, and try to like overwhelm you. So. So it, okay. they really want you to do um, to do stealth is what it seems like. Now, I don't know if they've changed any of that since it was released uh, on Steam or, or if they've had any, like, updates or patches. So I don't know. But it seems like this is very much a, a tactics-oriented game in which you have to plan out your moves, you know, in um, – like you have to watch people carefully to see where they're moving and where you have to move in to, to cross sight lines and stuff. So like that's what I mean. It's like this is a very it, it can be very frustrating for you know for 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 people who are just like you know I gotta run in I gotta run in and gun you know. Uh, but but like the, but if you're spotted does does it automatically put you in a in a mission fail state? Oh no that, no, 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 definitely not. You can you can kill you know the people. <laughs> And, and try to escape that that's yeah i hate those two like i hate okay. it's like you know you're seeing oh no sam fisher over. yeah i do not like that that is annoying mm-hmm. to me because like i get it you could be stealth but but if you can kill the person quickly enough you would think if you can kill the person quickly enough and then and then escape you know go on about your game but mm-hmm. i don't know what about you joe it looks cool um i'm trying to think as far as if it's something that um would speak to me it's kind of almost like a stealth like command and conquer because it's like an overhead camera versus you know doing like a grid base or a strategy rpg or something like that so it's actually where you're freeform moving in the environment and you know i'd be kind of curious to see about it it's more for strategy gamers you know i'm not i haven't been a big guy into like XCOM or any of the pc strategy games 
per se. So, but uh, I don't know if it's going to be a $30 purchase for me, but it might be something to where if I see the good reviews and see how it works on the console, I might even wait to buy it on PC to play it with mouse and keyboard too. So, I'll definitely, I'll most likely will be playing it on console. Like, I, I looked at the game when it was on PC and I was like, wow, this looks really good. Very, very cool color scheme. Um, it's, it's a top down view and it looks really good. Um, so playing it on a console, uh, playing it on a controller, who knows what it's going to be like? But uh, it looked, it looks like it's a fun game, you know. The art style looks gorgeous too. Yeah, I, I, I like especially the logo and then the um, character designs and the art. Especially, it looks pretty, pretty well done, in my opinion. It's like uh, someone decided to take Tenchu and just take it to the next level with adding strategy and. You know, instead of just like, you know, where, you, you know, you're more controlling your character in Tenchu, where it's like almost like a Metal Gear Solid type of game and where this is mainly like strategy with some action as well. So. So another game that's coming out that's one of my favorite games of like two generations ago almost is uh, Patapon. Patapon's remastered. It finally has a release date. Uh, it's coming out. Oh, and you get pre-order bonuses as well. So the release date is August 1st. And it'll be coming out for the PlayStation Store because it was a PlayStation exclusive from Sony Interactive Entertainment. The Patapon series has been on; it's been out for a very long time. It was out on the PSP. I think it was out on the Vita as well. And uh, yeah, it's it's like a rhythm-based. You know, you're you're trying to get your little people. I guess they're called Patapons. I don't know. You're trying to get their your, your little people. You know, across across the world, and it's just it's just this really fun interesting you know musical game i i don't know I, i've never really played a game like it it's like it's like a i i want to say it's sort of like lemmings only only in that you have a whole bunch of these the, these creatures following this this other bigger creature and they're jumping around and they're and they're beating drums and stuff it just it's just such a fun game to play and i i played hours of it on uh, on my psp i played it on uh was it on? Did it have a proper PS uh, PlayStation? Uh, I no, it, I think it never did, came actually. out. Never came out on PlayStation Three. It only came out on PSP. So oh, okay, all right. So I, I, maybe maybe I I remember playing it because I, I had that thing where you could you can actually hook it up to your to your big screen computer because I remember playing the shit out of that game. Um, but yeah, if you pre order it um, from the PlayStation Store with a twenty uh, discount. Uh, it'll be eleven ninety nine, and you also get um, five get, avatars. Yeah, you get five avatars with it uh, of a uh, catapon, uh, tatepon, a warrior, uh, yaripon, and a yomipon. Uh, I hate to break the news, but I just purchased it like about three minutes ago since you reminded me, uh-huh. <laughs> and it's uh, the discount's over. Um, oh. the, the, it's actually because it's midnight on the East Coast. Oh. It's Tuesday, and so it's, yeah, I purchased it for fourteen ninety nine. So I, I lost three of my space bucks. I should be angry, but I'm not. So. Well, yeah. <laughs> did you, but did you still get the? Um, did you still get the? No, uh, I am not getting the avatars either. So. No, well, darn me, because I was getting ready to go and buy it too. Well, poop. Now you That's can probably go buy the avatars separately, but it pays to know yeah, about the stuff ahead know. of time. So, so yeah. you people on the East Coast, I hope you got it. You know, when you, when you <laughs> could. Um, but yeah, I definitely say pick it up. Kevin, have you heard of Patapon? You a Patapon fan? Yeah, yeah, I am. And I'm not a. I'm typically not. Well, 
I don't know if that's that would be fair to say. I do like music games. I I, I played uh, what's that other one? Uh, uh, Parappa uh, the Rapper. <laughs> Par- yeah, I played Parappa, and I played. Uh, oh gosh, I can't remember that other one where it was kind of like a two D shooter. Uh, anyway, so it, it all depends on the mechanic. Are you talking it about Res? De- not Res. It was Shatter. Shatter. Oh okay. Yeah, I played Shatter, uh, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed Shatter. Um, it all depends on mechanic, and Patapon has a fantastic premise and mechanic. Uh, when when you get those little things into a fever, uh, the music is just is just r- ridiculously good. It, it's got a killer soundtrack, and it's uh, you know a lot of drums, a lot of you know very uh, quote unquote tribal sounds yep. uh soundtrack coming from it it's it's very good so um yeah I'll, I'll probably be snagging this one on ps4 as well although i do have it on vita i will be playing it like i'm just really excited for it I, i'm so glad you reminded me of it sad that i can't get the discount but that's okay you know and the and the actual uh avatars but hey you know i good to support this game so another game that's coming out uh, this week is Tacoma finally has a release date. Uh, it'll be coming out August 2nd, um, and that's for the Xbox One and the and Windows, you know, PC. Uh, that's from Fulbright Studios. Um, and Tacoma is the first-person adventure game set in 2088. You, the player, are tasked with exploring a space station and finding clues about the history of the station's crew. Um. Yeah. I. Uh. Sounds scary as hell. It sounds like it's probably gonna be like a soma type of game, or you know, I don't know if it's gonna be jump scares or sci-fi. I really don't know much about the game because it's coming out for um, uh, Xbox and for the PC, and it's a first-person game. So, um, but it looks. I mean, it looks interesting. Um, people have been wanting you know to know about it. Um, and it's unknown at this point if it's going to be available for PlayStation 4. Who knows? It's a timed exclusive, uh, okay. from my belief. So well, I don't go. know when it will be. Uh, it's only a console launch exclusive, so it'll be hitting PlayStation 4 at some point. So, so what do you guys think about it? I mean, it, is this sound like a game that's up your alley or something? I, I don't know. It seems it seems really kind of this weird sci-fi thing. You know, you're on the space station and you got to find out what's going on. It sort of seems like I have, I have a feeling there's going to be aliens and shit in it. Um, I don't know. Yeah, you know, the f- previous game that Fulbright released, which is Gone Home, um, was a first person adventure exploration game. I never played it myself, but it's gotten so many good reviews mm. back in 2013. In fact, uh, Tacoma was kind of one of the games that Jeff Keighley kind of. Um, kind of adopted and and had a a preview of during the uh, game awards back in 2014 if you can believe it or not all the way back then um they announced the trailer with this game and so it's taken a while for them to get the game out it's been like literally like uh three years since three and or more close to three years since the game was announced back then so um so as far as it appealing to me i'll wait to see how the um reviews come out of the game and then see if I could pick it up later cool. to see how well it reviews. Yeah. Cause you know, well, a, lot, a lot of can, these, ahead, sorry. a lot of these first person, um, walking simulator type games as of late, I haven't really tried that much. A lot of these indie titles, you know, and something where I want to dabble in these a little bit more. So, 
Well, it seems like uh, they're saying that it's estimated to you can complete it in two to five hours. So I don't know how that's going to be, but it's um, it's a non-combat, no puzzle focused game. It's like you're literally trying to be there for the environment to find out what's going on into this in this story that uh, has that is interactive and a multi and a multi um, pass story system. So I guess it really depends on who you talk to and how much. And what you find will, will will enhance or diminish your gameplay. Kevin, how does that sound to you? Um, it sounds very interesting f- uh, from a story perspective. I would probably prefer to play it on the uh, the other platform, otherwise known as a book. But <laughs> I, I, yeah. I just can't get I just can't get into this, this these things. I. I, I understand I've been missing out on these grand story, these grand stories, and uh, I get that. But when I go into a game, I want to play a game. I don't want to walk around and talk to people and to get the story. I, I, I need to have some meaty mechanics attached to it. And I understand that there's a market for this. I get that they're this real popular with people. I understand it, you know, game on, God bless, more power to you. But I will be passing on this game. I'm sorry. Oh, well. Well, there you go. <laughs> so another game that's coming out, and it's funny because, it, like, you know, it's called The Long Dark. Um, and it's got uh, early – it had early access since uh, – it had early access uh, – earlier um excuse me but it looks like it's going to be out uh <clears throat> august 1st yeah so um they had early access for it um and it's story mm-hmm. mode and it and it's going to debut august 1st on ps4 xbox one and p uh pc so it started its life on a kickstarter and it's a post-apocalyptic uh survival title um, and again, it's been early access for several years, but now we're finally getting an actual uh, release. Um, yeah, I I don't know that much about this game because it was on PC, and I really, I mean, part of me is this, like survival games, multiplayer survival games sounds kind of, I don't know, just what do you guys think of it? I, I don't know. It, it seems very interesting. It's like multiplayer survival games. I keep thinking of like Battlegrounds. Or having people run around and shoot you in the head for no reason, and then you have to respawn somewhere. It's like, but now we're taking PUBG that type stuff. Yeah, yeah, you know, and it's like, mm. and it's like you're, you're now you're just kind of running around, you know, killing folks and stuff. I don't know. Well, the story mode is supposed to consist of about up to ten hours of gameplay. Yeah, and on based that. on different seasons. Yeah, and so I mean, this game's been in early access for almost three years. It'll be three years as of the end of September yeah. that this game has been out mm-hmm. on PC, and so um, it's good that they finally kind of got this game out at least where it's finally in its final release mode. I mean, uh, when it got kickstarted um, back in the day, I mean, they had like um, developers of previous titles like the unfinished swan far cry 3 and god of war behind us and they even got the people like david hater which is the voice of snake and uh, jennifer hale which is another um um voice actress that's been in like a a metal gear solid and a few quite a few other games as well um doing the voiceovers for the games so we'll have to check and see if there's a um a need for this game or and or uh 
wanting for this game, especially it's going to retail for, I believe, sixty um, thirty dollars yeah, on PSN and also Xbox One. I'll have to see if it gets legs or not. You know, I, I feel bad for a lot of these indie titles, especially because they're fighting amongst amongst each other to get uh, notoriety and uh, some popularity on there, and because of the fact that uh, I haven't seen at least. I know Sony's doing something for August to feature some of the titles coming out, but it's not as uh, prevalent as, like, say, a Summer of Arcade was, like, five, six years ago on Xbox or when they are running their usual promotions. I haven't seen a lot of uh, lead-up to some of these titles, unfortunately, so... Uh, so another game that's getting its uh, that's coming out of early access is Slime Rancher. I know that we spoke about it a while ago, and that's coming out August first. It's been in early development for about a year and a half uh, on Steam, and it looks like it's a uh, it's a first person shooter, not shooter, but it's a first person game in which you run around and you and you harvest these slimes on uh, on this planet, and then you feed them and you do stuff to them and you run around and and i think you fight with them you you fight other people with the slimes and stuff i don't know just i look at pokey it and I, slime. yeah exactly it's, it's like pokey slime i think because like i loved uh monster rancher and i was like oh my god that was just one of the one of my favorite games like i played in a long time and i thought it was just so cool that you could open up your your ps2 and or PS One, and you could put in a disc, and it would read the disc and give you a monster. I was like, "Whoa, this is like the future," you know. <laughs> so I, 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 and I bought all those games. I bought them all, and I, and I lament the fact that they don't have those games anymore. So part of me is kind of like, "Oh my god, I might have to play this game," you know, because it just seems like it would be just so silly. So, so coming out of early access, it looks like it's going to be getting a, um, it'll be Slime Rancher one point zero. 1.0.0 and it's getting an update which adds um which adds a harder mode an easy mode uh maps and and a whole lot more so it looks like it's only coming out for pc right now and we're hoping that it, yeah hoping that we're xbox getting, one it's free on xbox one it's free on X, yeah. this month. yeah you're right it's free on xbox xbox one right uh, right now i hope it comes to ps4 hopefully God willing, I get to play with some slimes. Does, does uh, this game appeal to either of you? I mean, I'm looking at some of the screenshots, and it's very like neon, and the and the and the slimes are all super happy and shit. And you're like, <laughs> and like you're, you're like you're like shooting, and you have your little gun, and you suck them up, and you spew them out other places. It just <laughs> the game looks bananas. It's like okay, and the art style is all super cute, cutesy, and I, I don't know, you know. Uh, it's gotten really good reviews on Steam, and I just um, think. It might have some legs, even though the slimes don't have legs per se. But but I guess, and there's like evil slimes that run around, and, and you gotta you gotta fight those slimes off, and just I don't know, it just seems really really like bizarre. I don't know. It's like, uh, I, I love that. I, I love that these indie games and these and these people are out there, and they're like, you know, let's make a game about someone hoarding slime. Okay, and then you have to feed the slime. Sure. It's like <laughs> thank God for Wait. Kickstarter and all this other like early access and and stuff yeah well i you know this the indies are where innovation is going to come from i know a lot of people would argue with that but these smaller developers have to think outside the box in order to you know come out with a game that's going to you know stand out amongst the you know the mega backed mega dollar third-party titles out there so 
the indies are where the 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 innovation really come really shines through in my opinion because they have fewer resources to work with so they've got to have something that you're not you may not necessarily find uh from a major you know a, a game that has like major you know activisions backing or what have you so agreed kudos to to the indie developers out there you know making it happen all right, well, that's all the stuff that's coming out this week. Um, I'm sure there's a whole bunch of other stuff coming out on like Steam and stuff like that. But th- these are titles that we thought that th- that you guys would enjoy. Okay. Oh, yeah. There's definitely other stuff coming out, including a game I talked about a few weeks ago um, but uh, on the PlayStation platform. But uh, let's not mention that one. That was that uh, wonderful game that made Senrin, Ga- Senrin Kagura blush. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, well... We'll, we'll, we'll oh, just move good. right along. <laughs> yeah. Remember Frisky Business? Oh, well, yeah. Okay. Well, guess what? It, it got it got delayed, so it's coming out this week. So just Oh, man. Oh, so disappointed. Oh, I know. Well, well, well hey, you, it, it's actually available for download right now. So well, Run out and get it, everybody. Yes. Okay. And, folks, with that, with the drop, with everything that we've discussed with, we are going to bring episode 11 to a close. We want to thank you for hanging in there with us and enjoying the banter. Um, contact. I can be reached at shownuff 71 on Twitter. Trader Joe can be reached at Joe Fongul. Uh, Dez can be reached at Nemo Cub on the Twitter, on the, in the Twitter verse as well. Um, PSN IDs. Mine is Shonuff7. Joe is Kamunagara, K-A-M-A-N-U-G-A-R-A. Did I spell that correctly, sir? Uh, uh, K-A-M-U-N-A-G-A-R-A. Okay, my bad. And Dez is at Nemotigger, which is N-E-M-O-T-G-G-R, correct? That's correct. All right. See, I, I, I can I can spell y'all. <laughs> <laughs> Memorize. Memorized it. But uh, also, we finally, finally, finally have our uh, Discord channel up. Uh, just send us a, a DM to gaming at gaming vessels on Twitter, and we'll be sure to get a link out there to you. We've got. Uh, general discussion, news, and questions of the week. So you've got another spot to send us your feedback, send us your questions, and that would be on the Discord app. Um, For our general questions, you want to be on the show because, as we mentioned before, we are a listener-focused podcast. We want to hear your perspectives on gaming, games, and the gaming culture in general. Um, Did I say gaming, games? I'm, I'm in the game, <laughs> game industry. My bad. Works, <laughs> gaming industry. Yeah, y'all know what I'm trying to say. Uh, we can be reached at gamingvessels at gmail.com. Be sure to send us your feedback. We are also on the iTunes and the Stitchers and pretty much any podcast uh, uh, repository that you may have access to. Look for us there at Gaming Vessel. So, folks, I'm Shonuff71. That's Dez, the Bay Area Terra, Nemo Cub. That's Trader Joe, the Food Max of Gaming. And we will be back next week 
with episode 12 of Gaming Vessels. Thank you and peace.